This is a HeadGum Podcast. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Cheryl, this is uh, the intro to our episode yes listen this is this is a this is a um, an episode ex- that is sure to tump you over nope i refuse to be a part of that well um it's not gonna tump we're not saying tump. the word tump. this episode we talk about murder mm-hmm. and twists and turns yes and it if people are attractive or not, Ooh, it really doesn't have anything talk to do with about murder. who was attractive. No, but we talk about it, and somebody else talks about it in this. Okay, but because we forgot to do it this episode, who were you attracted to? No, we're gonna do, we're gonna hold it for oh. the end of our. <sighs> I feel like people will be on to who I'm attracted to. Yeah, same. You too. Right? Yes. I don't think it's obvious who you were attracted. Well, to. Well, tune in. Okay, I can't wait. I will. Let's start the episode. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst, part one through three. That's a good title. Mm-hmm. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling. I am the first ever podcast, and Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hi, uh, Cheryl. Hey, Tig. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Um, I watched three episodes of this docu-series. Mm-hmm. Had you seen it before? I I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Stephanie has, and I feel like, because she saw me watching this again, and she said, we already watched that. Oh. And I said, I think you watched it, and I think I came in and out of the room. Mm. Uh, because usually when I rewatch something, I have the feeling of, oh, oh, right, right. Whereas yeah. I don't have that feeling at all with this. It's really creepy. Have you, you've, I know you've seen it because Stephanie course, told me you saw of it. Of course I saw it when it came out, 
But but weird things happened when I saw it. I know that Stephanie told me that you told her that story. And so I know you've seen this before. Yeah. Well, we'll get into all that. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. Oh, is this it? We're into it. Ladies and jerks. No. No, No, shoot. Okay. We're into it. (laughs) Um... It's a hard, it's a hard pattern I, to, I will never to remember understand. It. So today we're talking about the jinx, mm-hmm. the life and deaths of Robert Durst. Mm-hmm. You want to know what the documentary is about? I you do. You hear the intro? I, I don't know what it, I mean, I know it's about murder, but. Um, oh, wait a second. And I beans. know that Stephanie told me the payoff, that there is a, yes. there's a payoff. With the movie. I've only seen three episodes. Okay. Yeah, so today we're doing the first three. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching with us, stop at three. Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody's watching with us, but yes. <laughs> there are That's some That's the people. idea. I know that there are some people. Okay. The Jinx, The no, Life and Deaths of Robert Durst is a six-episode HBO documentary miniseries directed by Andrew Jarecki. It profiles New York real estate heir Robert Durst, who was accused of murder after the 1982 disappearance of his wife. Durst sat for over 20 hours of interviews with Jarecki, providing new insights into a decades-old mystery. The Jinx is produced by HBO, Documentary Films, and Bloomhouse Productions, and is available to watch on HBO. Well, I just want to say uh, right off, I mm-hmm. really liked, uh, I, I mean, the, the documentary is so, first of all, yes. I want to put aside the fact that there are horrible deaths that happen. Yes, and I solely know. on for the sake of entertainment. Yes. It was a great documentary and interesting to watch. Like I was so captivated and I thought it was such an interesting um character study. Well, not just character study, but I just really loved the filmmaking. The documentary style. Yes. It just it was so good. And and I really liked I don't typically like when directors are in mm-hmm. their movies. Mm-hmm. But I liked this director. Yes. I liked him so I much. I know. Although kind of weird sideburns. Mm. No? Okay, no. you liked him. Um, I, um, I, and let's not skip ahead to who are you attracted <laughs> no, to. No, please. No, please. We have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. Okay, so yes, it's, it's I mean, it is, it's, tragic because it is about murder and it's mm-hmm. that's certainly not funny no um but the story is so compelling and a uh, lots of twists and turns that's my favorite uh, that is uh-huh. why i tune into a documentary i love a twist i love a turn you love them both. i love big weird sideburns mm. i don't love the sideburns <laughs> you know you already <laughs> stated that okay so if let's you just... were a man mm-hmm what facial hair would you have? Mmm. Would you have any? I feel like I wouldn't. Would you? You'd have a soul patch. <laughs> that You'd is, be keeping that alive. That is one million percent what I would not have. But you wouldn't have a soul patch? No, mm. but I Mutton chops? Uh, lamb chops? Oh, no mutton chops, you know, that come down. Oh no. Like seventies style. No, I feel like I'd play with my facial hair. Oh, so sure, no. maybe I would have 
Maybe I'd grow the the chops. Why wouldn't they be lamb chops? Because those still look like lamb chops. We could try to change it. You can try to get that. You know what trending. I'd have? I'd have one of these kind of mustaches that go like this mm. across the top lip and then yeah. down. A handlebar. Ha- that's not a handlebar. Handlebar goes up and curly cues on no, the side. No, you don't know what a handlebar mustache is. That is a handlebar must a handlebar. No, not again. A <laughs> handlebar mustache. Okay, listen, we we okay, haven't I think even there's start- different kinds of okay. handlebars. Okay, well let's table it we've got murder to get to i'd have sideburns um tig i mean this starts out so grisly doesn't it Mm -hmm. it starts out so grisly i wish it i kind of wish it didn't because it's just like yeah in fact i i don't like grisly gruesome but i have a confession okay let's hear it when the torso washed up Mm -mm. i paused it (gasps) <gasps> to look at it yeah and i like <gasps> even lifted my my laptop up and twisted it in different angles to try and really understand what i was Why? looking at because it's a gruesome curiosity i had because i thought am i seeing a nipple and oh. and um not wow. that i would have changed things if you did see a nipple well i just i was trying to understand the you know, direction mm. the body was face the the torso torso. Okay, so so what Tig is talking about is that where was this in te- Texas? Galveston, in Galveston, Texas. Okay, so once again we're in Texas. It's either Texas or Florida. So yeah, do you know that song by Glenn Campbell, Galveston? Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, that's all my obvious. exes live in Texas. How no, does it go? That's George okay. Strait. Well, we'll have the producer put in a little clip right here. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, let's go to Glenn Campbell's Galveston. Galveston. Galveston, oh Galveston. I still hear your sea waves crashing. While I watch the cannons flashing. Okay. Okay, that was great. Yeah. Um, so in Galveston, Texas... <laughs> you know what will be great? Is if he doesn't put in the music. <laughs> we're just like, that was great. That was great. Uh, okay, so sadly, yeah. this uh, these body parts floated up in a lake? River? Ocean? Hmm? Uh, no, it's Galveston... It- yeah, it was the Galveston Bay, I think. Right? Okay. Uh, yeah, the bay. Yeah, I think you're the bay. Uh, so floated up in in the bay. That's and... the beach I used to go to as a kid when I lived in Texas. I used to go Ooh. to Galveston. Yeah. And I filmed some of one Mississippi in Galveston. Mm. But I don't need to be treated like this, but go mm. ahead. Uh, treated like what? Just Who's the, treating uh, you? Uh. <laughs> I didn't know this guy was chopping off nipples and no, sending them couldn't. out to sea when i was a kid you couldn't nobody no did so a, a torso washed up on shore mm. that was in a, a black plastic bag and yes. then other um body parts washed yes. up on shore legs yeah rough except for the head yeah the head mm-hmm. so that's how it starts where do Ugh. you think the head you're ju- you're spilling beans right now. Oh, wow! Where were you going to say where is where's the head? I, I was going to, but I'm not now. Now that I've <laughs> spoken to like that on my own show. <laughs> well, so 
so the investigators that are that are finding these body parts, this is what's kind of silly. Oh. Um, they're looking at the newspaper that the body parts were wrapped in, and there is an address. <laughs> so whoever wrapped the body parts just used the newspaper from the scene of the crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I feel like you don't even need a detective on the case <laughs> with that. It's like you could have solved this crime. Yeah. You could have been like, hey, it's oh, two- here, here he, 2213 here's where he Avenue K. <laughs> Let's go get him. Here. This documentary could have been so short. Yeah. yeah. It could have just been they like, just oh, okay. They just find the newspaper. They go to his house. They throw him in the slammer. Toss him so, in the clink. And actually, when you're watching this, I felt like, oh, my God, this is over. Mm-hmm. This was a five-minute-long documentary. Mm-hmm. Like Did you feel YouTube. like that? Well, no, just because I know that... You knew it was um, a six-parter? I knew it was a six-parter, <laughs> and I couldn't imagine HBO was going to produce a five-minute... Um... That would have been a great fake-out, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, if they listed it as a six-parter... And then you figure it out in five minutes, and the yeah. rest of it is just like I'm picturing you pitching that idea to <laughs> HBO, and they're just like, <laughs> like oh, people are gonna you think that it's thing, a six hour. <laughs> we'll do ours, Cheryl. Okay, so so the they go to this uh, apartment, mm-hmm. and um, this is when it starts getting. <laughs> This is when it starts getting weird. No, it yeah. started with the body parts, but then it just goes really off the track. And yeah, they get to an apartment that is rented by a mute woman that travels all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or so they say. Okay. So Tig, they're trying to figure out who this woman is, Dorothy Siner. Mm-hmm. And when the detectives are talking about this, like you said, she's a deaf and mute woman who travels all the time who travels all the time um this is what they were talking about when these the, these investigators in texas were talking about her did you think mrs signer was attractive why would that be a question if you're asking me was it in general terms speaking an attractive woman i would say it looked like a middle-aged woman <laughs> uh with a flat bust <gasps> what would be my type wouldn't be my type that's the description <laughs> in fact, of me uh, it was kind of described as a, a real ugly deaf mute woman. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, what is wrong with these people? Well, how does where attractive... do we begin? Where do we begin, Cheryl? Why There's would that plenty come wrong. <laughs> Why did that come up? Was she attractive? No. Well, it comes she... up on our podcast. I know, but we're not good people. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> these these Texas folks? <laughs> Well, you think they're trying to solve a a murder? They're, why are they asking about if the if the deaf mute woman in the was apartment hot. is <laughs> was hot? What what bus size she has? What I found the most odd about this <laughs> yes, documentary, and there's a lot of there's so oddities, many uh, yes, is how the apartment was described as pristine. Oh, that was. <laughs> That alone is worth watching the documentary to see what is being described as pristine. I, you know what? I had to pause it for a second because I thought, am I 
Do I need to look up the word pristine? <laughs> Have I been using it wrong? Because it's a Because this is disgusting. It and it looks dis- like a serial killer lives here, <laughs> is how I would describe it. I wouldn't walk in and go, this is pristine. It's an old, dirty, small apartment with hardly any furniture, really old carpeting and... Uh, not tile. What's the word for it when you just put down something that looks like tile? Uh, cement? Nope, not at all. Like in your kitchen. Uh, linoleum? Yeah, linoleum. Like old linoleum. And you know, I was going to say, my father was not a murderer, but I have to say his apartment was very similar to this. He had yeah. a card table with mm. a bunch of loose change on it with no <laughs> chairs around it. Mm-hmm. That was the dining room of his apartment. Mm-hmm. There was a couch, and then in his bedroom was sheets and a pillow. Yeah, on the My floor. De- yeah. On the floor. Well, that's what you call a minimalist. I mean, my dad was the same way. Uh-huh. Let's just call that no frills. This is, <laughs> by the way, this apartment also had drop cloths uh-huh. on the floor. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, so they realize. Um, they're thinking maybe this isn't a woman after all. Well, there were drop cloths, but there were also slices in the linoleum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or was that next door? Mm-mm. It was at no. his. Uh, is, it was at the deaf mute traveler's house. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So what we learn is that it's not pristine. It's not pristine. They figure out that, you know, they go through the trash, right? Mm -hmm. And they see a receipt for eyeglasses for Robert Durst, plus a hardware receipt for a a bone saw and knife. A bow saw. A bow bow saw. Real quick, and I'm sorry to go Mm -hmm. back to the word pristine, but I did just look it up. And the definition mm-hmm. for pristine mm-hmm. is in its original condition, mm. <laughs> unspoiled, <laughs> clean and fresh as if new, <laughs> spotless. Maybe that the detective just is, maybe he didn't have a good sense of what the, what the, what the word, what did he mean to say? It what was, is another word for pristine, intact, immaculate? Untouched, <laughs> perfect, <laughs> impeccable, okay, no. flawless, no okay. ideal. I think he meant to say it was not on fire. <laughs> I don't know why he was. He was there impressed was a roof. <laughs> he was impressed. It with was that indoors. I think that's what he meant to say. Ah, uh, so. They think, oh, maybe it's this guy, Robert Durst. Uh-huh. Okay. So they pull him over and they see the bow saw in his trunk. Yeah. That's not a good sign. No. No. It's, <laughs> and they arrest him. I do not drive around. I don't own a bow saw. And if I did, mm. I would have it in my trunk to get it someplace to do the bow sawing needed. 
mm-hmm. then I would return it to a hook on the wall in my garage. If what if I you, had a what if you killed somebody and then cut their ever. body up with it? Would you just be like, eh, I'll get around to it. I'm just going <laughs> to drive around for a while till I figure out what to do with this thing. Until I get back to my pristine apartment. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> with my deaf mute roommate who won't stop traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I would probably try and be on top of stuff and keep yeah, my you might, secret. Yeah, you might want to. But he also, he when he was uh, pulled over, he was arrested trying to steal a hoagie. <laughs> a, a hoagie. This guy's a mess. A hoagie at, from Wegmans in Pennsylvania. And they also found loaded guns, $38,000 in cash, and an ID for Morris Black, who was the man that was murdered. Mm. Who he looked nothing like. Right. Well, you feel like, okay, this is, I thought this was the end of the movie. You're thinking I thought that? No, I know you didn't because you knew that there were six episodes, but I'm saying I thought that. I was like, what else do we need to know? Well, apparently a lot more. Yeah. You know what? Not to bring my father up again, he had yeah. a lot of guns, too. Did Ew. your dad have guns? No. Thank God. My father carried a gun in his cowboy boot. and then oh, he, he had was a, Texan. He had, no, he was Mississippi. And oh. then he also had, like, a chest holster and had a Jeez. gun. Yeah. What was he waiting for? He thought I don't know. A war was going to break out any second. I have no idea what was going on. Was it scary, or were you like, no, nah, it's just my dad? Well, he also had a shotgun under the the seat when we were driving around. He talked on his CB. In his truck. Just, oh, I remember CB. Yes, CB. Breaker, Breaker, one nine. And, oh, I love and that's CBs. Where I went a couple of times to spend my summers. <laughs> and they're just guns. I remember his next door neighbor around. came over, knocked on the door, and asked me and my brother if we wanted to go raccoon and squirrel hunting. Mm. And my brother was like. We have to wait till our father gets home to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those were the days. Oh, God. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, but your dad what didn't kill people. No, I hope not. Okay. I hope he didn't. Yeah. Um, I don't think he did. I hope not. Okay. I God, I hope he didn't. Uh, so he didn't. I hope not. Okay, <laughs> pretty sure he didn't. Um, so they find out too that Robert Durst comes from a family of money, like Cash. real estate moguls. Mm-hmm. Owned, they owned like what seven buildings in Manhattan? Yeah, yeah, crazy. And um, also interesting that Robert was married. Right, Deborah. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of weird that they're talking to Deborah on? Deborah's in this. Yeah, Deborah with the long brown hair. Mm-hmm. She's an interesting character because she seemed kind of no- normal for she a second. She seems normal, and then she, she talks more, be. and then mm. she's defensive and weird. Yeah, there was never a moment of. I was that if somebody said, "Hey, Tick just got arrested mm-hmm. for killing somebody." Chopping up their body and throwing mm-hmm. it in the bay. Yeah. I I would be like, okay, let's stop this down. You have the wrong person. Yeah, yeah. The, I, she, there is no world in which that happened. And they're like, the, but she had a, a bow saw in the back <laughs> of her car. Then what would you say? I'd say, well, that's odd, but still. <laughs> that's it, odd. <laughs> It's not, she did not do it. But I never got the feeling from this woman that she was surprised. No. From any of this news. <laughs> no, she seemed bothered, frankly. <laughs> she seemed bothered that she, she had to talk to yeah, people. She was just like, um, it was an, an, an annoyance. It was an annoyance. Yeah. So Robert, so this is not looking good for him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, he is done. Mm-hmm. So he hires the two top best attorneys mm-hmm. in Texas, mm-hmm. Dick Dergeron, Degeron, Degeron. Who cares? Care. <laughs> and Mike Ramsey. They, uh, it was going to cost $1.8 million to represent him. No problem. Not a problem. Uh-uh. And uh, at this point, we don't know what's going to happen in the trial. So we're not talking about that yet. We okay. are not spilling the beans yet, right. Teague. And this is when it gets super crazy. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, it kind of skips around. This this miniseries, did you notice that? It kind of skips around a little bit. You're yeah, like, there oh. were a couple of times, as much as I love the movie, and I can blame it on myself, too, for not being the brightest person alive, but there Don't were a do couple that of... to yourself. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just did a spit take. I was drinking water. <laughs> 
Oh you're either doing a spit take or you're doing... <laughs> I just should not drink during this podcast. You really should Okay, shouldn't. you go ahead and talk. Um, I got confused a couple of times where I was like, yes. wait a minute. What? Like the timeline yeah, skips around. Yeah. But I, I'm also not great. You should have seen me reading the actual script for um, that Spotless Mind movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yubly. What is that movie? Spotless? What yes. Is Something, Something sunshine spot, of the spot, spotless, spotless well, mind. We, we anyway, don't, it's don't not worry important. About it. But boy, was but yes. I like, huh? And then <laughs> what? Wait, and then huh? Wait, page two. Uh-huh. Um. So ten years later, this movie mm-hmm. called All Good Things mm-hmm. gets released. Was that also made by the same director of this documentary? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. It gets released, and the film is about Robert Durst and his missing first wife. Yes. Kathy Durst. Yes. So now we realize, oh, this is kind of weird. A couple of dead people. The crazy guy that dressed up like a deaf-mute woman mm-hmm. in the apartment, his first wife went missing. Wait, I missed that. He dressed up like a woman? The deaf mute woman that lived in the apartment. He dressed up like her. I missed that part. Tig, are you kidding me right now? No. Why do you think the detectives were saying, was she an attractive woman? They were talking about Robert Durst dressed as an... I I missed that. I missed that. I thought maybe it was somebody that they were... um, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. I miss that. The, the the landlord thought that he was renting it to a woman. I got that. I didn't know he was dressing up like her. What? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm, okay. And by the way, this wasn't a red flag to anybody that a weird <laughs> man is dressing, but not only dressing like a woman, but then, then acting deaf and mute. <laughs> But well, he was you like, know what? But he was like, she was a good tenant. I never heard from her. When I when I first moved out of the house when I was mm-hmm. 18 or whatever, I was living in Denver and I used to get calls all the time from, there was a Denver Post and a Rocky Mountain News, local newspapers, yeah. and they were always calling to try and get me and people around town to sign up for their newspaper. Yeah. And I was so tired of answering the phone and trying to be polite and say, mm-hmm. no, thank you. And uh, I finally answered my phone and started saying that I am broke and blind. Oh, why did that have to do with anything? Oh, because you can't read, I the, can't newspaper. read the newspaper. Oh, did that get them off? They stopped calling. <laughs> they stopped Jeez. calling. I said, you know what? Oh. I'm broke and blind. Oh, Please stop gosh. calling me. And I had a flat chest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, which is circling back to that's why the detectives were like, oh, she was pretty ugly, right? That didn't... Okay. You weren't suspicious about that? And the guy was like, well, I wasn't attracted to her, no, but, you know, she was a good tenant. I didn't think that if you're an ugly woman with a flat chest that that means that you are a man. A murderer. Oh, I mean, or a man, man. No, it, no, it doesn't. I guess because I've been accused of being an ugly woman with a flat chest many times, and I'm not a man, and I'm not murdering anyone. I have no plans to murder anyone. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this podcast to clear that up. Mm-hmm. So 
this movie comes out all good things. Mm -hmm. This director, Andrew Jarecki, directs this film. And he gets a call from Robert Durst. (laughs) Of course. (gasps) I mean... He get, Andrew gets a call from Robert Durst and says, hey, would you like to hear from me? Yeah. And Andrew is like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. How insane. It is insane. So then we go to episode two. Okay. And we find out that he, yeah, he was married to this woman, Kathy. His mother died when she was seven. And then his father was Seymour. And it looks like he woke Robert up when he was seven to watch his mother jump off the roof and commit suicide. Is that what you got from that? Yeah, that is what I got. I couldn't understand. The dad knew she was going to... Yeah, I didn't... I don't know if he knew. I couldn't tell if he was just like, look at your mom being... A little crazy in her mm-hmm. nightgown on the top of the roof. But also weird to wake your kid up to see your Maybe, mom you cr- know what? Maybe mm. the father couldn't get the mother off the roof. Mm. And maybe was like trying to, trying get the to kid lure to, her oh, off the roof. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, because I'm realizing if, if my wife went on the roof in her nightgown mm-hmm. again. As per usual, <laughs> yeah. yes. I might try and show her like something like, hey, to live for. Right, like, here, right, right. Here. Yeah. So maybe that's what happened. See, it was it was at uh, this time. Look in who's the... the detective now? <laughs> it was at this time in the film when I was watching it by myself mm-hmm. that the weird thing happened in real life. Let's hear it. Okay. So I'm waiting to watch this creepy The Jinx. When I'm alone, because I don't want my daughter to watch it, you know, don't need Bobby watching it. It's not his vibe. So I was like, waiting till I had time alone to focus on the jinx. So I'm watching the jinx and it's like you see the wife on the roof in her nightgown and it's so creepy. And then I get a call from Bobby and he's like out of town. You know, he says, oh, our son, I won't say his name, is in the other room and also my stepdaughter because she heard somebody say in the bushes in the backyard, come over here so I can kill you. Okay. While you're watching the jinx. While I'm watching the jinx. So I'm already like about to pee my pants from being scared. And now I am like... Uh, okay, and and now 911 has been called and... Basically, everyone's worst nightmare. You're so scared watching a scary movie and you're <laughs> and scared a monster is going to come get you. Yes. And the monster has arrived at yes. your house. Why, yes. Like, how did that monster know that, that I was watching? watching. Yes. Well, that's also well, what's weird. What? It was you. <laughs> so I I am like waiting for the police to get there. And I go into my son's room and he has a machete. No, my stepdaughter has a machete and my stepson has like a pellet gun. 
and they're huddled together. And I'm like, you guys. Why do you have a loose machete? Because in the we Kennedy travel. Hines home. You know what? I travel. <laughs> I travel of- a lot. I'm not deaf and mute, but I get out there and travel. I have not come home with a machete. We seem to have a lot of, you know, we do go to, I don't know, China or Japan or someplace interesting and our producer Thomas has been to Japan. I'm certain. He might have I, a machete. No, I know with all of my heart, he does not have a machete. Well, I mean, also people give gifts to the family. And sometimes it might be something like a sword. Surprise. <laughs> anyway. What is it? It's a machete. <laughs> anyway. Surprise. They're huddled, they're huddled together. And I said, um, what is happening? Oh, and Bobby is like, turn off all the lights in the house so whoever's outside cannot see in. That's smart. So I'm, I'm Even like, though what? I know what's happening, I think it's smart. And so now I'm walking around in this house. And then I said, why do you think somebody is out there? And she said, because um, I was walking from one little, you know, guest house to the house. Mm-hmm. And, there were, and I heard a man's voice in the bushes say, Come over here so I can kill you. Which is suspicious because <laughs> it's not a great line for a murderer. You know what I mean? Who is gonna be like, wait, I'm sorry, hit? where are you? I can't find you. Who is going to over here? <laughs> no, over Be- here. A little to the, the left. Behind the shed. And I'm like <laughs> so This angry. isn't making sense to me. I go, uh, why would someone, why would someone, but by the way, she is so scared. Mm. I said, but why would they say? She's so scared. The the child with the machete? Uh, yeah. Is terrified? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. poor thing. Yeah. And ch- by child, you know, someone in her 20s. And I said, is there any way that this is uh, a joke? Like, a, don't you have a friend that might be hiding back there? And she said, no. And I'm thinking, okay, I could list 20 people right now. <laughs> Um, so by the way, I heard you whisper that (laughs) and I think everyone else did too. So now the police come. Wait, you have 20 friends that would go hide in your bushes. Yes, I do. I do. Yes. Do you think I'm one of them? If you were in the neighborhood, do I think that you and Stephanie would think it was hilarious to hide behind a shed and say, come over here so we can murder you? I think well, you we might. Wouldn't say if you so were in the mood. Because then it would be like, oh, she's going to know like, me and yeah, you. It's Tig and Stephanie. Old, old nightgown on the roof. <laughs> so now they call, now the police is there. And, and by the way, we also have dogs. We mm-hmm. have big dogs who are very calm. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about a thing. Yeah, it's not is, good to put out there. That's not good. Well, no, to let. because I'd say if there was someone in the backyard, these dogs would be going crazy balls. Okay, I see. So the fact that they're just like, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, is like something's. Uh oh. Hold on one second. Got a visitor. Um, I have to poop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go do it, and I'll come help you. <laughs> Another spit take. <laughs> Oh my God, Tig! Yes, this is art imitating life, imitating art. Wow, because it's just like Donkey Kong. Oh, the- right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Donkey Kong. If nobody saw that episode, 
This sounds insane. Tick, it's like life imitating art. What do you mean? It's like Donkey Kong. <laughs> and like, and give no more information at that point. Just know that you have to go back oh, in the catalog. You really have to go back. Oh, hold on. Well, <sighs> hold on. Oh my God, this is insane. All right, we're holding. We're holding because Tate's son needs some assistance in the bathroom, which is exactly what happened in The King of Kong when the guy that was trying to get the... Um, <laughs> you can hear them in the background. The guy that was trying to get the, the world champion title was in the middle of one of his best games and his son needed help in the bathroom and he would he told him to bring some toilet paper and come see him. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll just wait. <laughs> Dick, Dick. Oh my you god. You got it? Yeah. You got it handled? Got it handled. Okay. Oh my god, that's so funny. Okay. Yeah, I just explained to everyone in a very uh, pristine. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> let's get back to this. So, uh, okay, so his his what? Wait, you didn't yeah. finish. Oh, what what was I even talking about? You were talking about um, come over here. Oh, my story. Oh, right. Oh, right. So then the so the the sheriff comes and they check every nook and cranny inside every place they could find outside with the dogs right they have the dogs with them and they the had dogs to wake are... the dogs up to come help <laughs> and the dogs are just like happy that somebody's over there you know <laughs> hanging out with them and they said are you sure that so it wasn't somebody playing a joke on you and my stepdaughter was like no it wasn't i'm thinking it okay it was. But anyway, so finally the sheriff, oh, and before the sheriff leaves, you know what he says? Goodbye, ma'am. Hmm. Wow. Why does he sound like an old lady? <laughs> <laughs> an old southern lady. Goodbye. Goodbye, Goodbye ma'am. Goodbye, ma'am. Goodbye. He says, I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> so I'm standing there in my nightgown. In my room. And we just called 911 because somebody beckoned someone over to the shed so they could kill them. Anyway, I go back to, everybody goes back to what they were doing. I said, you guys can sleep in my room with me if you want. They both said, no, we're okay. I decide, okay, that was a weird coincidence that I'm watching the jinx and this happened. I'm going to pull myself together. I'm going to finish watching this. <laughs> It's the only time I have to watch this. <laughs> Except for in a couple of years. Yeah. And so I start watching it again. And I hear voices outside of my window. Mm. And I am like, oh my God. I don't want to call 911 again because they've already come here once. And I didn't want to make any sudden moves. I couldn't look outside because my blinds, the people would see my blinds yeah, no, sure so i was just You're in a tough spot tig i was like what am i gonna do yeah 
Yeah. Really, what am I going to do? Right. I have to let the jinx keep playing because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do anything mm-hmm. to call attention to myself because mm-hmm. I didn't want them to know that I was on the other side of the blinds. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my God, I guess I should at least look before I call 911 because I... You don't want to be in an embarrassing situation where you I, call the police. And he knows that I'm on Curb Your Enthusiasm. But we, and the dogs are still Your not TV barking. star... This is embarrassing. You may or may not be about to be murdered. You don't want to look silly. (laughs) And so I go down to the very bottom of the blinds and I just like peek. This is a good act out. No one's seeing. (laughs) I peek so nobody can see. Uh And it's it's my stepdaughter and a guy like talking and and kissing in front of the little guest house. Wait, she's kissing the murderer? Well, I don't know who he was. You don't know at this point. But clearly she did not look like she was in danger. And (laughs) I... (laughs) I was... I, you know, I was thrown off and I decided I cannot watch the jinx tonight. Uh Uh-huh. And then the next day I said, what happened? And she said, wow, I was so scared. I called my boyfriend and he came over. I'm like... Why wouldn't you at least text me? Yeah. So when I look out and I see a guy yeah. like traipsing around the, the murder shed. Yeah. That you could tell me. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. That really got me fired and up. And so do we know where the um, come over here so I can murder you line came from? No. To this day, we don't know. Wait, why did Stephanie tell me it was your surround sound? Oh, that was a different house. Yeah, there was... But yeah, I could hear voices echoing in the canyon. (laughs) (laughs) So Stephanie had the wrong story. (laughs) It wasn't the surround sound in this particular... Listen, back to murder, like real murder. Yeah. In this documentary now, now Robert Durst has reached out to the filmmaker and says, I want to be interviewed. Mm Mm-hmm even though it looks like he killed his first wife and pretty sure he killed the guy and chopped up his body. Mm -hmm. And should we just throw it in because it's important that his best friend, who was also representing him in the press, who was raised by mobsters and supporting and defending him through this, also ended up dead. Murdered. When they reopened the case. Yeah, that is something we should mention that. Yeah. And just put that out there that those three people did, in fact, perish in this first three. Yeah, it's uh, it's let's just say it's suspicious. I found it suspicious. (laughs) And and to be fair, Robert Mm -hmm. finds it suspicious. He admits it all looks very suspicious. Yeah, it doesn't look good for him, but he's not he's not guilty by it. But no. it de- definitely looks suspicious. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. So that's uh, episode three. And then we are going to pick up uh, next time with episode four to the finale. Mm-hmm. The The ending is super crazy. Okay. So before we go, should we do some the true fan mail? The ending of what? This uh, podcast? This jinx. Oh, oh okay. Um, should we do some true fan mail? Yeah, let's do some true fan mail. Oh, a lot of people were very interested in the word tump. (laughs) 
Well, yeah. Uh, we we had a debate about if the word tump is a real word it or is. not. It is. In fact, this is the perfect episode to talk about it because of Texas. That's right. Mm-hmm. So Carrier writes, as a former Texan and educator, I wanted to let you know that tump is a word. It is what is called a combo word, tip plus dump equals tump. Used in a sentence, I tumped over a stack of books. Exactly. As I said, to tump. <laughs> okay. Do you, you want to hear what Alexa A writes? Of course. I always want to hear what Alexa A has to say. Not sure if you said this, but it is the absolute perfect word that encapsulates both tipping and dumping. So yes, it's a thing. I especially like to say it with my best East Texas accent. I have used this word my whole life and my Midwestern husband certainly gave me a hard time when he first heard me say it. Oh, bless his heart. Cheryl, you're not known for accents, are you? I I am known for accents. Oh, is that how I know you? (laughs) Okay, here's one. I want you to hear what Christy Marie says. Mm, I want to hear it. I have heard one person say tump, and I will admit I recoiled in horror. However, now that I've heard Tig say it, it sounds much more, um. What? It sounds much more cool. And I think I'll add it to my lexicon. That's not how I thought that was going to end. <laughs> you can't be someone that uses the word lexicon and tump. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, Christy Marie is too good for tump. It's just, it didn't feel like the same world, lexicon and tump. You want to hear one more? Yeah. Lolo Uthia. That can't be how you say it, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so happy that Tig is advocating for the word tump. It's such a great word. It's a shame that people who haven't heard it immediately deny its existence. It's fun to say and perfectly describes a specific type of falling over. Well, I guess you have the last laugh there. Boy, is there egg on your face. I will never use the word tump. I want you, you to know that. You just used it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh... Is there anything that you want to tell people? Um, Yeah. I mean, I do have a book called I'm Just a Person. Okay. we Honestly, we don't have time for this today. People have things to do. I have things to do. Uh, What else? That's it, right? Well, I have a bunch of comedy specials, you know, Netflix, HBO. I mean, anything new. I'm going to start saying anything new. I'm on Star Trek. Tig? Star Trek Discovery. Should we do this again? Yeah, let's do this again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Tig Notaro, and Cheryl Hines. It's produced by Gabi Kovacic and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett, with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really, really appreciate the reviews. You can email us at tigandcherylTrueStory at gmail.com. Next week, we're talking about the jinx. That was a HeadGum Podcast.